This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3394 for Thursday, the 5th of August 2021. Today's show is entitled, BNXML Star, with Zmil Starlet. It is hosted by Klaatu, and is about 27 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, parse XML, from the terminal. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. To Hacker Public Radio. My name is Klaatu, and in this episode, I want to talk about XML Starlet. This is a tool for parsing XML, and admittedly, it is a li- it's a little bit limited in scope. It it is it is uh, exclusively a a terminal command. It is not something that you are going to use in your Python code or your Java code or any code, because it is a program, it is an application, it's a command that you use. But what I have found about uh, XML Starlet is, well, number one, it is handy. Like, if you're just looking to pull some subset of information from an XML document quickly, well, good luck. But also, um, if you're looking to do that relatively quickly, then you can do it with XML Starlet right there in your terminal. You don't have to, like, script uh, an, a beautiful soup script to ingest a whole XML. You know, you don't have to do all that stuff. You can just type some stuff, get the data that you need, and then move on. You forget the XML document ever existed. So it's handy for that, but I think almost as importantly as that is that XML Starlet uses uh, some really basic XML principles and really reinforces that for you so that by as you use XML Starlet you you start to get the hang of XML in general and that helps you I think eventually I think that'll help you when you do start doing bigger things like you do have a python script that you need to develop with beautiful soup or or whatever you're going to use and and I mean while while beautiful soup and other frameworks for for parsing XML can be very, you know, it can make things really easy. It can be equally as frustrating as any other tool because you don't know whether you're, what to look at. Are you looking at um, the name tag in general? Well, how do you get to the name tag from from way up here in your document tree? And maybe you're not even looking at the name tag. You're actually looking at, at this other tag that contains the name element, and you want to extract the content of the name element anyway, so you're not really even looking at name. You're looking at the content of name. So it can be confusing, but if you if you sort of start getting those basics down with a tool like XML Starlet, then when you go to use the, the tools that make it quote-unquote easy, you understand the options, and so you're giving, you're inputting sensible requests to your quote-unquote easy tool, uh, and thereby actually making the process easy, rather than you stumbling around in the dark with a tool that's supposed to make it really easy, so why aren't you getting the data that you want? Believe me, I've been there. Don't do that. Start out with a basic tool that maybe doesn't make it super easy, but reinforces the basics for you so that you start to understand the process. Or at least that's that's what I that's what I do, I, I guess, is what I'm saying. 
Um, I mean, you know, everyone's different. You do what you need to do. But um, in this episode, either way, whatever path you end up taking, I'm going to talk about XML Starlet. And I've I've found XML Starlet to be really useful in real life for either, like I say, those quick, like I need I need a subset of the data that I know exists in this document. I'll pull that out. Or kind of almost as an interactive mode for XPath, you know? Kind of like, I know what I need, I just don't quite know how to get there. So let me map it out with XML Starlet, and then I can translate it with XPath. Okay, so XML Starlet is actually a really big tool, and I'm not going to be able to cover everything, but I think that what I can cover are some basics that'll get you started. XML Starlet dash dash help. That's a great place to start, honestly. Sometimes it's not. So I'm just saying that in this case, XML dash dash help, it does give you a nice overview of the um, the commands, they say. I mean, the command is XML Starlet. So to me, these are subcommands, but XML Starlet calls it commands. So XML Starlet has a couple of different subcommands, such as ed for edit, cell for select, or you can just type select, tr for transform. I've never used that in XML Starlet val for validate, and so on. I'm going to probably focus mostly on select, cell for select, because in my experience that tends to be the one uh, that that's really, really, I think, most useful. I mean, I, I, I say most useful for the use case that I'm describing. In other words, pulling data out of a, out of a document when you need it. Um, so the first thing to do, I guess, is to figure out what kind of data your XML document actually contains. This subcommand is worth the price of admission, honestly. This, this one weird trick is justification for this entire episode. I, I, I kid you not. Get an XML document. I, I have one in the show notes. Get that XML document. It's called planets.xml, or call it planets.xml, and then run this command. XML starlet. Oh, I should say, XML Starlet is a, a command that you'll have to probably install. It does, it's not going to come in by default on your distribution or your OS of, of choice. So go to, um, well, if you're on Linux, then just get it from your software repository. So sudo dnf install XML Starlet or apt install, sudo apt install XML Starlet or whatever, you know, your, your package manager is. And if you're not, then well, there are package managers for everything these days. So you 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 can probably find it in whatever package manager is available. But in in the worst case scenario, go to xmlstar.sourceforge.net, and that is where you will find the tool. Okay. So assuming you have XML Starlet now, you could type XML Starlet elements, and that's element with an S at the end, S for Sierra. So plural elements. XML starlet elements um, planets.xml in this case, because that's the document that I have. That command strips out all of the sort of confusing melange of XML tags and, and data. It just shows you sort of a map of, of all of the elements in that XML document. So for this document, for planets, and if you'll recall, we had this document that we did in the previous episode about XML here on Hacker Public Radio. You can go listen to that episode before listening to this one. It'll be amazing. You'll fall in love with XML. And we had a document, and we started with the XML tag, and then the next one under that was Sol for the solar system. And upon further reflection, I realized probably it would have been better to call it um, system, 
but I'm, I'm not changing the schema now. We're, we're too invested in this one, so we've, we're stuck with it. Um, XML, and then Sol, and then Planet, and then within the Planet tags, we had a name element and an albedo element. So we could name a planet, uh, Terra, and then the albedo, 0.39. And then we could do another planet, name, albedo, and then another planet. We could do that seven times, or six times, or, or three times, as the case may be, because I got tired of listing planets. So I got up to, from Mercury to Venus to, to Earth, or Terra, and and then quit. But we, we see that after XML Starlet elements planets.xml, it maps that out for you. And that's important, because that gives you a, a visual map of how an XML document is laid out. Now, when it's a small document, admittedly, it, it's a lot easier to look at. Now, if this was a complex user manual written in DocBook or something like that, or an, an SVG, it can get a lot messier. In fact, let me... I'm just going to randomly... XML elements... Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to go into my graphics folder, which I guess I must have... Yeah, there we go. Graphic. And here's a... Here's a... Here's the logo to get portal.svg. So I'm going to do an XML starlet on that. And that's not as bad as I thought. I thought I was going to be scrolling. So I'm going to do a pipe that to WC-L. 156 lines, really. That's not bad. And, I mean, a lot of those admittedly are are basically nonsense. So, like, it's SVG, well, and then there's actually not nonsense. There's very clear stuff. And then SVG slash G, SVG slash GG, SVG slash G slash G slash G. I mean, admittedly, that, that gets a little bit, um, that's not very descriptive. But at least you can see, like, the the paths that exist and then if you are looking for data within one of those paths now you know what to target so that's huge trust me that that's a big deal if you're not if you're not sold on xml starlet from literally that one subcommand then um then you you might not be looking for xml starlet um because that's a that's a really neat feature okay so now i'm going to look at um something a little bit more useful probably but but the elements I mean, that's the starting place, right? To to just kind of get a sense for what you're dealing with. Whether you, um, whether you generated the document yourself or not, just being able to, to kind of get a broad overview of, of the document can be very helpful. You can also do something like XML starlet validate, or just val for short, uh, for instance, planets.xml, and it returns whether it is valid or not valid. So if you're if you're in doubt that you're dealing with a valid XML document, validate first. Um, I would probably say, as a general statement, and I don't think I can't imagine anyone arguing with me on this. I don't think you can validate XML enough, I, and and I say that because we if it's not built into your workflow or, or even into your like your broader pipeline, then it's easy to forget. So if if you think, gee, I wonder if I should validate this XML document, then the answer is yes. Either use XML lint or use XML starlet val, because those two things will expose problems in your XML, and you want to know about problems in your XML. You want to know about problems in anything that you're dealing with very early on so that you don't spend your whole afternoon wondering why this XML starlet command isn't returning the name of the third planet or whatever, and it turns out that there was a name tag that was misplaced. Oops. 
you'd know that if you had validated it. Um, okay, so those are two really quick, easy tips. XML starlet elements, XML starlet validate. Now the the thing that you're actually going to do, you know, sort of the, the loop that you're going to enter, and that is XML starlet select, or for, for short, S-E-L, XML starlet cell, or just select. I, I actually usually spell it out because it feels clearer to me. And um, let's try to get sort of the the names of the planets that are in our document. That seems like an approachable... So actually, I'm going to restate. I'm going to redo my elements command real quick just so I have that on my screen. So that Because again, that kind of gives you the map. That gives you your roadmap. So I'm going to do XML starlet, select, dash, dash, template, and we'll do dash, dash, value, dash, of. So this is where we give it sort of the path to the, the the thing that we want the value of. And in this case, I'm gonna say that we want slash XML. And I'm just I'm following I'm just following along with my little visual map here that I got from uh, XML Starlet Elements. So slash XML slash soul SOL slash planet slash name. We want the value of all the names in our document. And I'm also going to do a dash dash in L for new line. You don't have to do that. It just usually makes it a little bit easier to read if you insert, like if you kind of give it permission to insert some extra new line characters where where convenient. Um, and then I'm going to point it at the document that I want it to look at, which is planets.xml. And then I'm going to hit return. And I get as my output pretty much what I expect, Mercury, Venus, and Terra. So simply by doing dash dash value of and then giving it the path to the elements that I want to look at, I got exactly what I was hoping for, which was the contents of that element. It's, it is as easy as that. Now it's not always as easy as, as, as that. And there are different ways that you can look at this information so as to like filter it out a little bit differently. But that definitely, that, that's a good start, I think. We could, we could broaden our search. Like, maybe we don't know that we just, that we want just the name. I mean, quite possibly, because you've done XML elements, maybe you do know that you need the name. But let's say, for whatever reason, you need to report on, on, on the planets themselves. You don't need just the name. For whatever reason, um, in that case, you could do sort of a, an XML star, and you can you can anticipate this, I'm sure, because we've just done this. But we're just I'm just doing it one level higher. So XML starlet dash dash template, the dash dash template or a dash T for short is required for select because it doesn't understand. Um, from what I understand, it doesn't understand that you are uh, providing it inline instructions on what to look at. That's that's what the template is. So dash dash template sort of activates, I think, the inline um, options. Um, the, the man page uh, doesn't mention template, and the help uh, barely mentions it. So, yeah, I, I haven't really looked that deeply into it, but it's something that's required. So XML starlet... Oh, I forgot, select. Select, dash, dash, template, dash, dash, value of, dash of, and then we'll do an X slash XML. And again, I'm just following the output of XML elements... Uh, you know, file um, XML slash soul slash planet and then point it at planets and there I get um, the the values of of whatever the contents of the planets are so Mercury 0.11 Venus 0.7 Terra 0.39 now I'm I'm missing the context of the XML but I mean that's kind of part of the point of XML Starlet it it's designed to 
to return the data from XML. It's not necessarily designed when, when we're getting the value of it's not, it's not going to give you the tags around the values because you're getting the value of the thing but of course you, you have a little bit more flexibility than that because this is xml starlet and, and xpath i mean the power of xpath i guess so xml starlet let's say select dash t for template dash dash value of Single quote slash XML slash soul slash planet. And then here's where we're going to get a little bit crazy. Rather than just saying sort of a blanket statement of, okay, give me the planet node, we're going to qualify when we, or what part of, um, rather, which instance of the planet node we want. There are different ways to qualify that. The, the first one I'll do, actually, maybe, maybe the first one I should do is sort of the simplest one of all, which would be planet square bracket one close square bracket. So if you've programmed it all ever with arrays or dictionaries or lists or anything like that, well, actually, well, anyway, that that sort of thing, um, then you might already know what, what we're doing here. I'm saying planet square bracket one close bracket, and then let's just, well, actually, I guess, again, to keep it simple, let's leave it at that. Hit return, or dash dash nl to get new lines where necessary, and then planets.xml. Hit return, and instead of getting all of the planets, I just get the first, the, the first, um, the first planet node as listed in the, in the xml file. Obviously, uh, if, and so that's mercury 0.11. That's what it gives me. Obviously, if I go up to planet and change that node to square bracket 2, then I get Venus at 0 0.7, and if I were to change that to finally square bracket 3, then I get Terra, and, and oh, sorry, Venus 0 0.7, and then uh, 3, I get Terra and 0 0.39. So I'm selecting, I'm qualifying what I want it to, to give me. And similarly, I could do that, let's say I just wanted the albedo of the third planet. So planet square bracket 3 slash, so, sorry, square bracket 3 close square bracket slash name. No. Well, I, I could do that, but I'm going to, I'm not, slash albedo. And that gives me, so it, it navigates to the planet nodes, it selects the third one, because those are in square brackets, and then it continues into that node and gives me the contents of the element albedo. So we're we're really kind of querying this thing more or less as you might query a, a database, which I think is pretty powerful stuff. And yet again, we can we can get more powerful. So we could do XML starlet select dash T for template dash dash value dash of quote slash XML soul slash soul slash planet square bracket. Now what do we know about square uh, about, about about planets? Well, we know um, from XML starlet elements planets.xml. We know that planet the planet nodes contain two elements, and that's name and albedo, name and albedo, name and albedo. So let's take a square bracket albedo greater than, so angle bracket pointing to the right, greater than 0 0.1, uh, well, 0 0.2, let's do that, 0 0.2, close square bracket, and slash name, close uh, quote, dash dash nl, planets.xml. So in this case, we're 
we're saying give me a planet node as long as the albedo is greater than, or I should say, the contents of the albedo element is greater than 0.2. So this should, when I hit return, I should see re I should see results for uh, Terra, certainly, and Venus, but not Mercury, because I happen to know that Mercury is 0 0.11, and I'm, I'm saying it's got to be greater than 0 0.2. And of course, that's exactly what I get, Venus and Terra. And I wouldn't have to filter down on the name, I could just leave it as planet square bracket albedo greater than 0 0.2, close square bracket, close quote, dash dash nl, planets.xml, and then I get Venus 0 0.7, Terra 0 0.39. So now it's really feeling like a database because I can even, my queries can even be conditional. Okay, so, um, let's see, what else? What, what, what next? Well, we could do, um, for instance, well, there are functions in XPath. And, uh, I believe XPath is a W3C specification. So you can find all, a list of all the functions in the specification, or you can go to um, Mozilla Developer Network, MDN, and f they've got a pretty good list of of all of the different XPath functions. And these functions work, I mean, we're kind of using one when we say albedo is greater than 0 0.39, but there are there are better functions than that. I mean, that's, I don't know that that's a function so much as it is just kind of, I don't know, syntax. Um, but there are functions like uh, text, Parentheses, parentheses, last, parentheses, parentheses, first, parentheses, parentheses, position, parentheses, parentheses. So, for instance, let's, oops, I just hit control P to go up in my terminal, and I realized that I wasn't in my terminal, so I was just printing the Mozilla, almost printed the Mozilla developer network page. Um, so, we'll, we'll do like a, let's see if we can just do, a um, XML starlet select dash T dash dash value of quote XM slash XML slash soul slash planet square bracket last parentheses parentheses square bracket quote dash dash NL planets dot XML. And as you might expect, as you might guess, the square bracket square bracket, that's sort of like a breakout box for XPath expressions and or functions, I guess. And last parentheses parentheses is a, a, a function that's built into XPath, and it knows to to use that to do whatever kind of processing it needs to do to determine which one is the last node of the of a group of of like nodes. Select the last one and return that. So that that instruction XML soul planet square bracket last parentheses parentheses square bracket gives me Terra. 0.39. And I could do that, uh, what, I couldn't do exactly that. I could do, for instance, um, no, I couldn't do that either. I was trying to think of something I could do on the name element, but there's really not a whole lot that I can think of to do on that to, to for, in terms of selecting. That just doesn't quite make as much sense. Um, but yeah, you get the idea. I mean, position, parentheses, parentheses is a, a positional argument, so you can tell it, uh, to select the, a the planet in position number one, two, or three, or or greater than position um, two, for instance, that would give you just Terra. Greater than or equals two would give you Venus and Terra, and so on. So that that's kind of handy if if you don't know, you know, if you if you want to get a range, or anytime you have a condition where just a square bracket one or a square bracket two, that won't 
that won't give you everything that you want. You have functions that give you a little bit more flexibility. XML Starlet is a really, really handy utility. And it is kind of, it's, it is a utility. I mean, it's not, I, I don't think, it isn't really like, you know, a, I mean, it is a command, but what I'm trying to say is that it, it, it is a build-it-yourself type of tool. It, it is, it's pretty raw in the input that it takes. It'll take XPath, it'll take, it, it'll help you transform XML according to an XSL style sheet, it'll validate stuff, it, it lets you edit stuff. It, it, it can get, it can get very complex and you do have to, um, you have to kind of learn the syntaxes of what you're trying to do in order for XML Starlet to be able to help you. And that can be that can be tough sometimes. XPath itself can be a little bit like regex sometimes. But XML Starlet is a really handy way of leveraging that in shell scripts or just for really quick tasks that you have that that you just you don't have any better way to do it. XML Starlet is a great way to uh, look at XML, to edit XML programmatically, to, sol- to to query XML, and so on. Hopefully this has kind of given you an idea of what's possible and uh, has inspired you to look into XML Starlet. Like I say, the things that you learn from XML Starlet are probably transferable over to a bunch of other stuff that deals with XML. Because if you're using XML Starlet, then you're also thinking about the structure of XML, you're thinking about the the way to traverse that um, that XML and that document object model and so on. So XML Starlet can be very, very useful just to kind of get you comfortable with XML and comfortable with how horrible it feels to be lost in XML. And uh, eventually, you know, you'll come to terms with that and you'll start to love it like I have. That's it. That's all I've got to say, I think, for XML Starlet. So thanks for listening to this episode of Hacker Public Radio. Hope to hear you on this show soon. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.